0: Good morning. Good morning. It is still morning, right? Yes. yes. We have a few minutes to go uh, to, to, the, to, to noon. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will be glad and rejoice in it. Hallelujah. Yes. And I am uh, grateful to be here today. Thank you, Pastor Joshua. Thank you, stewards. Thank you, everyone, for coming to church today. Look at your friend. Tell them, thank you for coming to church. You could have slept. That is, you know, when I say that, I'm very serious because of late, there has been a decline of church attendance. People are not going to church. (laughs) There has been a decline of church attendance. So, thank you and it's great to see you. Amen? Now, tell your friend now. Now. Tell the other one now. now. Today, I have a word or a teaching that has been on my heart for a while. And it is a question that I've been having. And I've been asking God why. And, and recently, I believe I got an answer. And I didn't like the answer. But it is an answer. And, and you know when you go before God and you ask him. And then he answers the way you don't want him to answer. You have to think about it. And at the end of the day, even as you think about it, you know that eventually you will obey Him. It doesn't matter how much you think. If you are guided by the Bible, and if God is your God, and if Jesus Christ is Lord in your, uh, is Lord is Savior of your heart, then at the end of it all, you have to obey Him. And today... I want to talk about a very interesting topic. Why God takes from those who don't have and gives to those who have. Okay? Tell your friend why God takes takes? from from those who don't have. And gives, to those who have. and gives to those who have. Why do the rich continue to be rich and the poor continue to be poor? Why do the anointed continue to be anointed and the ones who are not anointed? never get anointed. I don't know if you have ever been there in your life to ask God those hard questions. Why, for example, is Africa becoming poorer while the West is becoming richer? Europe. You see, now, this is the thing. The principles that I will teach today don't only apply to believers of Jesus Christ, they apply to everyone. How I was raised, because I was raised in a Pentecostal background, I was taught about the God who gives. True or false? The God who gives. And in fact there are people you know the bible says in John 3:16 that for God so loved the world that he did what he gave and all my life I have been taught about the God who gives and I have been also been taught that it is my right to receive from God Amen And they have also said about a scripture In Proverbs that says the wealth of the righteous is stored up or sorry the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. That is a fact. The question is not whether the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. The question is what will the righteous do with the wealth once it is given to them. That is the question. And so, why God takes from those who don't have and gives to those who have? Very interesting. Amen? Now, do you have your notebooks and your pens? All right. If you have your notebooks, wave at me. If you have your pen, if you have your phone, wave your phone. Alright, because I want us to take a few notes. And if you have a phone, you can put it on uh, flight mode. Alright, so that you don't get distracted. Amen? Turn, your, uh, turn to your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. The book of Matthew. Why God takes away. So today I want to talk about the God who takes And what I want to emphasize, he doesn't just take away from the wicked. He takes away from believers and gives to other believers. All right? And maybe and hopefully, we will begin to understand the responsibilities that we have as believers of Jesus Christ. We will begin to understand where God is involved in our lives and where he's not. All right? Hello? Matthew 25, are you there? If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, say hold on. All right. If you don't have a Bible, say (sighs) hiya. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. And the Bible says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property to one he gave five talents to another two to another one to each according to his according to his ability then he went away he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received The five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good, and what servant? Faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been what? Over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you number one, what? Wicked. Wicked. Number two? Lazy. Lazy who? Servant. Lazy who? Servant. Alright, I want you to get those words. Servant. We have lazy servants in the kingdom of God. Ooh-wee. Let me answer. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have, scu- I have sc- scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten... Do what? Take it from him and give it to who? To the one who has what? Ten talents. Now, have you ever heard people complain when the rich become richer? Alright? It's a biblical principle for the rich to become richer. God increases them. God gives them more. Because they're already using what they have in the right way. Alright? Now, if you want wealth, never attack the rich. Tell your friend if you want wealth. Oh, now nakanda sasa, thank you. <laughs> tell your friend if you want wealth. Look at them, tell them if you want wealth, don't attack the rich. Learn from them. Tell the other one if you want wealth, don't attack the rich. Learn from them. We have a problem in the church where we say, These ones, why can't they help these other ones? The principle of helping is not a biblical principle, it is not even a principle. Are we together? helping if I am rich. It is not my responsibility to help you to be rich. It is your responsibility to find out how I became rich so that you too can also become what? Rich. Alright? 22 pole pole. That is why Jesus said the poor you will always have among you. Now, you see, today what I want to introduce is not the Jesus uh, is another face of Jesus, another side of God that has not been introduced to the church. All right? We've been introduced to the God of love. We've been introduced to the God who is with you, the God who walks with you through the waters. We've been introduced to this God, okay, Who is? And that's a side of God, and that's okay. But then we are not talking about the God of productivity. We are not talking about the God who takes away from those who don't use what he has given them. He takes it away and gives it to other people who are using and increasing what he has given them. I am talking about the Jesus who is talking about the shrewd manager. You remember that story of the shrewd manager? You go do your Bible study and learn what Jesus said in that text. I am talking about the Jesus who said, if a tree does not bear fruit, it should be done what? Cut off. Hello. That is the God I am talking about today because at the beginning of the year, The Lord spoke to me and said to me that the church has become ineffective and unproductive. Therefore, the society despises our work ethics, despises our productivity. You find believers in, uh, in, in a workplace and they are told that when you go to the office, sit on the seat of the manager and begin to possess that seat, you find believers speaking in tongues more than they are working. God will take away from you even the little that you have. And he will give it to someone who is not even speaking in tongues. And then you will be complaining for the rest of your life and complaining that this person is rich and I am poor, that this person is successful and I am not successful, that this person is having more impact and more influence and you are not having more impact, more influence because of work ethic. Tell your friend, work ethics. Verse 28, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who does what? Who has more, who has, to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant in the outer darkness, in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, when you read that parable, it's, it's talking about eternity. It's talking about the day of judgment. All right? Now, several things to note about this parable. And I'm going to give you five principles why God takes from those who don't have and gives to those who have. All right? So, first things first in this parable, what we have to understand is that there is a king or uh, this guy, the rich man. who, who is a representative of God in this parable. And so this guy comes and gives these people five talents. But there's one thing I noticed. He never told them what to do. Are we together? He never gave them any instructions. He called one and gave him five. Called another and gave him two called another and gave him one. And the Bible says he went on his way. He did not tell them, I expect an interest. He did not tell them, I expect to come back and get what I give you. He gave no instructions. Second thing I realized is that he gave each one according to their ability. Not his ability. Their ability. So to the one who was given five, he had the ability to work with five talents. The one who was given two, he had the ability to work with two talents. And the one who was given one talent, he, was, he had the ability to work with one talent. In other words, if your ability is to work with one talent, God will not give you five. And if your ability is to work with five talents, God will not give you one. But then the other principle that I saw, what I observed is that when God gives you a talent, he does not give you instructions of what to do with it. 20 pole pole. So... Everyone in this room is gifted, everyone in this church has a talent, everyone in this church has a gift, and our gifts vary in different ways. So we all have been given talents, gifts, and everything according to our abilities. Therefore, if you see someone prophesying, healing the sick and doing all that, he has been given according to his ability. Everyone in this room, you are financially where you are according to your ability. It has nothing to do with God. Let me repeat that statement. Because we have a problem with us believers all right now Is it possible for God to bless you financially? Yes all right But when God gives you money Is it his responsibility to assist you to steward the money? no It is your responsibility what you do with that money is not God's problem, it is your problem. Why God takes from those who don't have and gives to those who have. Ask your friend, what is your ability? Ask the other one, what is your ability? And the reason why I want to bring this point of ability is because uh, uh, in Africa, I think I don't know whether I said here before or uh, or in cross generation, but in Africa, we are the most praying continent. (laughs) True or false? We are the most fasting continent. In fact, it is said Christianity is growing faster in Africa than everywhere else, and so is poverty. So is corruption. So is tribalism in Kenya. So is uh, poor governance. Yet Christianity is growing the biggest in Africa. Now, for example, you don't joke with Nigerian prayers. When those guys decide to pray, they pray. You don't joke with Pentecostal Kenyan prayer. When they decide to pray, we pray. But then the question is why with our salvation, with our fasting, with our praying and with our fasting, why is the west still giving us help uh, development? Why is our why are our prayers and our fasting not translating into our productivity? Are we together? All right. So those are questions that we have to ask ourselves and begin to apply ourselves to work. Tell your friend work. Tell the other one work. work. Alright, now, another thing I noticed is that when we are out there in the world, uh, you know, we put some effort. When we come to church, it's as if we leave our thinking outside. We leave our work ethics outside. Why is it that it is only in church that people can't meet deadlines? Today I'm not nice. <laughs> Alright? Today I'm not nice and, and honestly, if this is what it takes to have some awakening in this country for the church, so be it. Why is it that in church is where we, all, we keep getting late for meetings? Why is it that in church is the place, uh, has, the, the church has become a place of gossip? Why are we so concerned about what other people are doing and not what we are doing. Hello? Why is there so much unprofessionalism within the church, yet the same people who are unprofessional in church will be professional in the world? Hello? Why is it that we change when we are serving in a church? We... Are there thinking of all the excuses that we can give because it's a church? But then in the world, we wake up at 4 a.m. to go do what we ask, you know, what we do every day. But then when it comes to church, we want to sleep some more. When it's raining, we cancel church, we don't come to church. And you expect God to, uh, you know, to reward you in that area? Even what you have Will be taken Principle number one God takes from those who do not have And gives to those Who have Because of the principle Of fruitfulness Tell your friend fruitfulness Tell the other one fruitfulness And I want to ask you a question Are you bearing Any fruits in your life, in your work, in church, wherever you are, what kind of fruit are you giving? Now, under, principle, uh, under fruitfulness, write this point one. Fruitfulness precedes godly rewards. In other words, being fruitful comes before you receive a reward from God. Being fruitful... The parable of the talent, the king did not say to these guys, welcome, good and faithful servant, before they were fruitful. In other words, they had to be fruitful first for them to receive a reward. Are we together? Hello. Now, let me say this. You know, in the workplace, if you work in a a company, there is always what we call the time log, all right? Where you sign in either with your thumb or You know, there are different things that, that happen. But then there are meetings, and those meetings have minutes, and those minutes are acted upon. They have action plans, okay, moja, And those action plans have everyone who is involved, you know, who is supposed to be, uh, to take this responsibility, who is supposed to do this. There is all that. And then there is evaluations after. So we did this meeting last week. Uh, what is the evaluation? Did you manage to do what you are supposed to do? Did you, what, is your, what is your input and output in the company, Okay? There are all those structures that ensure the productivity of an organization. Okay? Now, many times we don't have those kind of stuff in the church. Why? Because in the church, it is a place of God. We say that as if God does not expect that from us. Hello? In the church, you rarely fire people. Why? Because, oh, if I fire them, what will their family eat? Oh, blah, blah, blah. But then God fires people. If God fires people, who are you not to fire people? Praise the Lord. God fired this guy. This guy, one talent. fired, Out. Go. Remember, this is Jesus Christ telling this parable. It is not Pastor George. Okay? I'm just trying to interpret this parable and what it means for us now. So, Jesus will kick out some people from ministry. Jesus will close some churches. Hello? You know, when I say that, it doesn't sound spiritual. It doesn't sound saved, right? But neither is this parable. This parable doesn't sound saved. The problem we have, we read things, you know, we, we have this Jesus who is, uh, you know, we've been introduced to this Jesus who is nice, kind, or the Jesus who embraces you. The Jesus who takes up our sins with us. The Jesus who is there with us. Oh, my child, my child. Now, that is the Jesus we been, And that's a, it's a mistake because that side of Jesus is true. But so is the other side of Jesus. Okay? We, we are not talking about the Jesus who walks into a temple and whips people. Why? It is not a popular teaching. If I use that, what am I telling you? That there are things in your life you need to whip away. Kick them out. There are people in your organization that you need to fire like yesterday. It doesn't matter how much tongues they speak. Fire them. It doesn't matter how many people cry. Kill those departments. They are not bearing any fruit They're not progressing anything. They're just pulling you back. Kill them. Hello. Well, I'm not nice, but it's okay. But, you you know, there's a restlessness in my heart. There's a restlessness in my spirit of what the church, especially in Kenya, Nairobi, has become. That I have a restlessness and when God gave me this I told him should I preach it and he said yes why am I giving it to you like, and I said alright I will not be the one guy with one talent so I'm going to say it there is a be- you see if you want to be fruitful if you want a tree to be fruitful there is what we call pruning ok you've got to prune the tree You've gone to prune uh, your shamba so that it can be fruitful. There is very little pruning in the church. Very little pruning. You know, we are so concerned about the persons or three state. Yeah, and, and I agree. And that's part of it. But when you look at this, was Jesus concerned about what this one guy would feel? No. Did Jesus set expectation for this guy? Did God set any expectation for this guy? No, he didn't tell him, go, in, go invest. No, he just gave him a talent. He didn't come with a blackboard and explain, one, two, three is what I want, one, two, three. No, he didn't do that. But then the two guys who had five and two talents, they go and, and do what they were able to do, okay? And they come back with a reward. So the principle, if you want your things to be fruitful, begin a pruning process. Fruitfulness precedes godly, godly reward. Number two, it precedes effectiveness. Effectiveness. All right? If you want to be effective, you've got to be fruitful. You must have things that are happening. You must have things that are working. This parable, again, because that's my reference point, we see two people who are effective. Why were they graded as effective? Because they were fruitful, and you see, one guy who was not effective, how was he graded that he was not effective? Because he was not fruitful. We have to wake up. Tell your friend, wake up, up. tell the other one, wake wake up. We can't be people who are always running to God with the littlest things. And God is looking at us and saying, can't you solve that? Can't you come up with a solution for that? Alright? Number three, fruitfulness is fueled by responsibility. Responsibility. You must have a sense of responsibility for you to be fruitful. God has given us everything that we need. In fact, I had a quote that says, In every seed there is a tree, and in every tree there is a seed. In every seed there are trees, there are forests. You see, during creation, and I'm going to talk about that, because point four is where God commands. So God creates a human being, Adam and Eve, right? Okay, and then what is the first thing when he created Adam alone? What is the first thing he told Adam? Till the land. Till the land. Tell your friend, till the land. Now, this was before the curse. This was before the fall. So work is not as a result of the curse, sweat is a result. the curse. Let me repeat again. Work is not a result of the curse. But sweating, when you are working, is a result of the curse. In other words, God has given us the ability to work and eat the fruits of our work. But the curse Makes the work difficult. So now we have to work double what we would have done in the beginning. Till the land. First thing. Then God creates Adam and Eve. Alright? So Eve comes into the picture. And what is the command? Eh? Eh, Nasikia mbele. Buona Kanisa nyuma tuko pamoja? The command is Be fruitful Multiply And feel Let's say it again Number one Be fruitful Number two Number three be Number one be Number two Most Number three free. Number one be Number two Number three Where is God? In that whole picture. Did he say be fruitful in the name of Jesus? Ah. (laughs) Did he say multiply because Jesus shall multiply you? Did he say fill the earth because my spirit will be with you? Now, you see, let let me be very slow. Because I don't want to do this and then uh, people misinterpret and misunderstand me. So the command is given. Be fruitful. Number one, be fruitful. Be productive. Okay? I'm trying to use an example. I'm trying to say, let's say you're a musician. Alright? And, and so God says, be fruitful. Meaning, go to the studio, record a song. You have begun your fruitful path. Okay? Record the song. Record two songs. Record three, th- uh, three songs. Then multiply. So produce Your song, multiply the song. Okay? You have one CD of music, multiply them to become a 100 what? Come sell them. Okay? Begin to post them on YouTube and wherever. Begin to do what? Fill the earth higher. So that you say, people don't say I'm not born again and I'm not using Jesus. Let's use Jesus Christ with the same principle. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. So Jesus comes to the earth. All right, and he, he's born now <laughs> Adam was not born Adam was created as a full grown man Eve was not born Eve was created as a full grown woman so they never had experiences of child trauma and, and pain and rejection and, and all that stuff they didn't have that so, when the devil comes to them, because of possibly their lack of experience, they are prone to, you know, to giving in to some of these things. And so, uh, they give in and, and, and God says, I'm not going to make this mistake again. And now he says, now, my son, when you go to the earth, you must be born. <laughs> You must go to a hospital. Oh, well, I don't know how much up hospitals. But you must go through a woman and be born. So Jesus is born. And Jesus grows up to 30 years old. Imagine yourself in the shoes of Jesus growing, knowing you are God, but you cannot exercise the power of God because you are not in the domain of God. Jesus, uh, the, the Bible says in the book of Genesis that God gave you and I dominion over the earth. Which means he excluded himself from having dominion on this earth and delegated that dominion to us. So when Jesus comes, he cannot shine and move with all his glory because this is not his glory domain. Let me even uh, bring now more thought-provoking scriptures or examples. Jacob is wrestling. You know that story. He wrestles for the whole night with an angel. Who does that? Who wrestles an angel? Now if you study angels, you know how powerful they are, how strong they are, but Joseph, uh, sorry, Jacob... Wrestles the angel of God till daybreak. In other words, the whole night Jacob fought, wrestled this angel. And you see, wrestling is very interesting because sometimes you are overcoming this person, sometimes he's overcoming you. And Jacob was so fierce in his wrestling skills that the angel had to hit him at the hip and dislocate him this is just the Bible and even after Jacob was hit on the hip while he was still limping he was strong enough to hold on to this guy and tell him you are not living until you bless me not every angel has the power to bless so who was that guy Angels can't change your name. Hello? Hello. They can't say from today you shall not be called Jacob, you shall be called Israel. No. So that was not an angel. (laughs) Why was Jacob able to fight this angel to a point that the angel had to hit him? Because this angel... Was out of his jurisdiction and Jacob was exercising his power within his jurisdiction now that's another old teaching the jurisdiction of man so the question I have for you is in this world we live in what is your jurisdiction what is your line of work what is your line of gifting what is your line of purpose what is the line in which God has placed you in? Because your productivity, your fruitfulness will be measured in direct proportion to your jurisdiction. Point five. If a tree does not bear fruit, it is cut off and thrown into the fire. Jesus said those words. If you come to a tree and love, it's not bearing any fruit. Cut it, burn it. Tell your friend, cut it and burn it. it. Tell the other one, cut it and burn it. If there is a department in your organization that is not bearing any fruit, what do you do with it? Cut it, burn it. If there is a, a side of your life that is not bearing any fruit, cut it, burn it. Mark 11, 1225 tells of a story. Mark 11, 1225. A very interesting story. Jesus is walking with his disciples and then he spots this uh, fig tree. And he goes to check whether the fig tree has what? Fruit. Because it was a season for the fig trees to do what? To have fruit. So he goes and checks. And there's no fruit. What does Jesus do? He curses the tree. Goodness. He curses the tree because it lacked fruit. If Jesus came to our church, would he bless us or curse us? These are questions you ask yourself. If Jesus came to your life, would he bless you curse you because by the time he comes he comes expecting fruit and he says i gave you this 10 years ago what have you done where is the fruit of it so he curses the fig tree because he is a god of justice justice all right now, whenever we are praying about justice and we are calling up, uh, to God about justice, we are always applying justice to our enemies. True or false? Oh, God of justice, have justice on me because my enemies have done this. But have you ever looked at it from the angle that God is actually a God of justice and he will repay every one of us according to our works and according to our productivity. The level of your elevation in life will be dependent upon your productivity in life. The level of the blessings that God gives you will be in proportion, direct proportion, to the level of your fruitfulness in what God has given you. Many are praying that the doors to State House may open for them and that they may have an opportunity to meet the president or even become the president. But then this is the thing The level of those doors will not just open for you because you are praying It will open for you based on what you carry and the value you can add when you meet this person All right That is one side the second side is that we are not called to meet presidents I was doing very well now in my Arabi you know. <laughs> I was on track and then... We are not called to meet presidents. We are not called to take tea with CSS. That is not our call. And the problem we have in the church today in Kenya is that many pastors are not comfortable within their jurisdiction. They have not appreciated the positions God has given them, so they desire and admire other positions. That is why when they go there, they are ineffective totally completely ineffective how many pastors in kenya have quit the pulpit to join politics what impact have they caused in this country zero in the negatives they go there very vocal. Oh, then they get there. They become like uh, you know this to 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 car you know like a cat, kamenya shewa, Then they start telling us that place is very dark. Oh, that place we cannot speak. So why 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 were you running? Like why? So why why are you still there? If the place is dark, it means you're also what? Eh, now, it is the president to come to you. Amen. It is the CSS to come to you for solutions, for hope, for encouragement. All right? You become a light that shines because Jesus said when you light a light, you don't, put it, you don't cover it. You put it on a hill. So if you are a light that is shining, men will be drawn to you. People will be drawn to you. Okay? And and that's what happens when we believers begin to walk in authority and in the principle of being fruitful, presidents will come to us. They will sit in our congregations. They will listen to our counsel. They will respect us. And the church in Kenya, we as believers of Jesus will regain our positional respect. Principle number two. I have only so. Let me now go a bit faster. Principle number one: fruitfulness. Two: management. Management. Managing things. Now, you know these kind of summons. A lot of people say they are not born again enough. A lot of people say, "Ini summons as if we are You see." We need to understand that whatever God has given you, the ability, the talent, the place that God has placed you, is an office. Whether you're a business person, it's your office. Whether you're a musician, that's your office. Okay? And so, when we talk, and the thing is, these are more biblical than anything else. The principle of management is more biblical than you would ever imagine. From the beginning to Revelation, we see management, management, how God manages his creation, how we ought to manage. Now, management is a matrix by which God gives or takes away. Management is the one thing that God uses to give or to take away. Let me use a very easy example. God has given you a phone a phone but you don't take care of that phone <clears throat> so you drop it wherever unataka you, you just throw it away and you are believing God praying for another phone and the phone you have is already judging you it is already testifying against you before God are we together? The phone is already saying, God, don't give him another one to abuse. I am used to him, so let me stick with him. But you get my point? Management is a matrix by which God gives or takes away. How we manage things. You will be given according to your ability to manage. Okay? God will never give you anything greater that you cannot manage. The principle of... Everyone say management. Management. Everyone say management. Management. Or what we call stewardship. Management. Okay? But in the church, because we like Christianizing, so we call it what? Stewardship. Okay? But principles of management... This is one thing I believe that every person should go through. As a class, management, how you manage your money, for example, money. You know, most people don't know how to manage money, and so God gives you money, gives you ten thousand shillings, and when He gives you ten thousand shillings, all the troubles and the problems come to say to you, niaje we are here. Please sort us, help us, okay? And so you give this person 10000 and before you know it, in a day, the 10000 is finished, gone. And, and then you ask them, so what did you do with the money? Oh, I don't even know. I do kienda. You know. Okay? But, but then God says, okay. She doesn't know how to manage. He doesn't know how to manage. Uh, put him in a space, in a, in a faith face. Faith face, okay? This is heaven deciding. You see, what I'm trying to tell you guys is that heaven works like the way we work, only that they are perfect. Okay? And, and so you're put in a wilderness, and, and, and the money that you used to receive begins to go to someone else who is a good manager. Now, this is the truth: the poor are poor managers of resources, and the rich are rich are good managers of resources. That's the only difference. So, when God wants to speak uh, in a science language, in this world, a science, a, a general, whatever, physical science, eco space, Nanini, will he use you or me or Elon Musk? Why? <laughs> are you not the one who is praying? Are we not the ones who are fasting? Yes. Are we not the one who was saying heaven come down? Why then would he bypass us when he wants to communicate scientifically to the world and go to someone who doesn't even believe in our faith? (laughs) Because that guy, if you read his story, he's a serious manager. Manager. Elon Musk. He's now, I think, the richest man in the world with two hundred and ninety three billion dollars and he's not born again I just thought I should <laughs> you know <laughs> and even the top five guys who are the richest are not even born again but they are serious managers they have managed the little they have, and it has become much. So, Elon Musk was born in South Africa. So, he's South African. He's half South African and Canadian. Just in case you are wondering, he's from Africa. I'm just trying to, you know, management of time. Management of finances, management of each other, management of self, okay? These are principles that God is looking at, and these are things that are judging us. So, you bought a book, for example, and you want to read. And now you have bought 75 books that are all looking at you, asking, when are you going to read us? They are testifying against you. Every day when you pass by, they testify. God uses and blesses us according to our ability, not his ability. That's not a very popular statement in Pentecostalism, but it is a principle that is brought out by the parable. That God uses you, blesses you, according to your ability, not his ability. And I'm going to give you a biblical example. We have two people, two guys Brilliant men, Paul and Peter. Or maybe I say Peter and Paul. Peter came first, then Paul. Peter had an experience with Jesus. He was with Jesus. He ate food with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He had the first hand experience with Jesus. But Peter had limitations tell your friend limitations Limitations. it doesn't matter how much you walk with jesus hello you can eat with jesus you can fast all the days of your life but if you don't work on the limitations that are limiting you you will only be used to the level you are so peter had all this experience Peter had, Pete, he's a great guy. I'm not trying to undermine him. He's a great guy. He's the same guy who walked on the streets and people are healed by his shadow. That Peter. But he had a limitation of education and intellect. All right? So he could not be used to reach the kings and the emperors. And it could not be used to shake the nation. sema <laughs> kimeumana. Then we have Paul. He never walked with Jesus physically. He never ate with Jesus physically. He never even saw Jesus because he, was, he his appearance. Paul's appearance came long after Jesus had died and resurrected and gone to heaven. Then this guy comes and the only experience he has with Jesus is when a lichapu of coffee. He was slapped from his horse and he fell. And for three days he was blind. Your coffee equal jokes. Coffee kipofu know, So you have to be prayed upon. But then he had advantages that Peter did not have. He had exposure that Peter did not have. He had the education that Peter did not have. And so, God finally finds a man with whom he can shake the nation with. And, and today, every doctrine we preach is based on whose teachings? Paul. He, you know, if Paul did not come, if he was not intellectual... If he was not smart, he would not have written all those books. And therefore, we would not have had the New Testament as it is today. Do we go to the Gospels? Now maybe the book of Revelation? And 1 John, 2 John. You get my point. But every doctrine today in the church is based on Paul. And Paul became so influential in the Roman, uh, Roman Empire... That today, if you study the history of the Roman Empire, the secular history of the Roman Empire, the only person mentioned in the Bible, uh, in the history of the Roman Empire from the Bible, as having big impact and influence is Paul. Peter is not mentioned, Jesus is not mentioned, Uh, these other guys are not mentioned, but Paul, the Apostle, is mentioned, he had the language of kings, he could speak to kings, he could speak to wealthy people. <laughs> Hello, because there are people we develop attitudes when I talk to rich people and they give me money when I develop attitude, where because you cannot. Tell your friend, kuna abilities zingine. Mungu watu Are we together? Over and beyond favor, there is, if you want to impact, you have to have the language. If you, for example, if the president came today, the president of Kenya, other than you mentioning election, what would we tell him? That he would say, oh, that is a lot of wisdom. Let me go and implement it. Other than having tea with him and laughing about everything, "Ah yeah yeah yeah, what else can we say to this secular world? That the secular world will say, "Oh, the church is making sense." That is the glory that we have fallen from. That is how far we have fallen. We came to church, we locked ourselves. We formed empires within ourselves. Jesus came to the world and he went to the world. He did not form a church. <laughs> Where? He went beyond the walls. He went out there. Spoke the language. Spoke to people. Paul went. Spoke to kings. There is actually, I think he's Agrippa or Felix. That Paul speaks and he says, uh, the, the king says, you almost convinced me. <laughs> now understand that the Roman Empire of that time had serious intellectual people who were governing them. He goes to Mass Hill, where the philosophers used to sit, and he begins to speak with them. And he tells them, I have come to tell you about this unknown God. And he reasons with them, and they say, Can you come back tomorrow? We want more. God uses us and blesses us according to our ability. So tell your friend go to the right places, go to the right places. Network, with the right network with the right people, and your blessings will begin to flow. Let me repeat again. Go to the right people. Tell your friend, go to the right people. Go to the right places. And your blessings will begin to flow. Because some people are seated here praying for a financial breakthrough, but they're in the wrong spaces. They have the wrong friends. They are not in the right places where money is exchanging hands. Are we together? But you're there fasting and praying and god is saying all right your prayer has arrived now i have sent pastor george to come and tell you stop praying now go go now to the right spaces okay so we are trying to raise funds for example get the right people who have money kimegoki <laughs> gumu God uses people who have money to supply for his work. So don't hate the rich. Don't fight the rich. They may be the guys who are tied to your destiny. Then you fight them and you never see your destiny. And you go to heaven and God says, you worthless servant, you are lazy, go. And then you're saying, oh, God, but he says, no, I brought people in your way. Let's understand some of these things and how heaven will be like and the challenges that people will face and how tough and hard God will be and how tough and hard God is right now. So he's taking from you. You've been wondering, you see, some of these things, it is not the devil doing. We are binding demons because, uh, you know, I was rich. Now I'm not rich. You are binding. No, it is not the devil. God took it from you. Oh, you were doing very well. So, do you win? Yes, fine. You were doing very well. What happened? Because sometimes the devil never came, but God decided, okay, you are now misusing this. So, he takes away and gives it to someone else. God takes from those who don't have and gives it to those who have. This is a prophetic teaching. For this church For ourselves And for the nation of Kenya If you are wise Understand my words And you will see where we are going As a nation Right Principle number three So I'll be done uh, within no time Mr. Gope, Is what I call the principle Of black box thinking Now if you are a fan of my Podcast I have done a whole teaching on this principle called black box thinking All right so you can go check I, I can send you a link you listen to Kobamoja, to the teaching on black box think tell your friend black box, thinking. black box thinking a research was done and they discovered in america that every year 400,000 people die in hospitals due to misdiagnosis, 400,000 people every year die due to being misdiagnosed. And and so the black box thinking uh, say, if hospitals had a way of getting feedback, evaluating mistakes and areas where they failed, we would reduce the number. From 400,000 people to a smaller number. And that is why every plane in the world has a black box. This black box is only recovered when the plane crashes. And they take that black box, and it is not for fun. They don't create black box to just record everything. They they get a black box to record what went wrong. And so they recover this black box and they evaluate, they listen to it, they analyze, and they listen to why what the captain said before the plane crashed so that it can help them identify the problem with that plane. Once they identify, they develop a solution that is passed on to all the airlines in the world so that no other plane crashes because of the same problem. Tell your friend, black box thinking. You have been going round and round and round in your life having the same challenges, the same problems but have you sat and opened your black box and analyzed why you are making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Do you know how many planes can carry 400,000 people? We did a calculation. It came to 700 and something or more. kubo was about 250 people, which means if there are 400,000 people dying every day in hospitals, if you take that and put it in planes, it means there is at least two planes that are falling from the sky every day. Would the world uh, move on? Would, would we move on? If today two planes crashed, one America, one Africa, uh, 500 uh, people die. Tomorrow the same things happen. Okay, the following day the same the whole world will shut down yet the same is happening in hospitals but the world is moving on why? because there is no black box thinking to show the hospitals how many people are dying you must, we must learn to evaluate Every situation, every little thing, everything that you do, you must learn to evaluate and change tact if need be. If you're running a ministry like me, you must learn to do black box thinking and identify where, why is this thing collapsing? Why are we not rising? Why is this happening? And then begin to fix the problems no matter how much they cost. Prune them. Get a way of getting feedback about your life. Travel back to your life right now even as I speak. Because if we don't do these things even what you have will be taken from you. You will never see destiny. You will never see greatness. You will pray and do all that and never see them. Powerful prayer is informed by our thinking. So that when you pray, you pray one prayer and it gets answered. Evaluate, do a black box thinking about your life. About your friends, about the values you are gaining from them, or the values you are losing from them, about people who are impacting you and people who are not impacting you. Begin to do black box thinking and see the patterns and what has been a problem in your life. Why am I going through this now? Okay? Now, we don't just bind, bind, and bind, bind. You don't fight what you don't understand. Because you will never win. You cannot bind demons, generational demons, that you do not understand. Are we together? You've got the first thing you have to do is to understand the problem. Once you understand the problem and the source, then you can pray about it. Yeah. And you get the victory. Listen to my teaching. I, I have a podcast, Bonas Fiasana. This is the best time to market myself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Putting myself in the right place. <laughs> the right people listen listen because I have done teachings on black box thinking the disciplines to get things done and these are all biblical stuff does God expect you to do things yes number four principle the principle of planning planning watu me mipango hello to nini mipango we never plan I know very few people who can plan things and once they plan those things come to be but most of the times uh, uh, in our church in in many churches we never plan many believers never plan we step in by faith hallelujah step in it by faith and I take it by faith and, and that's okay but then when whatever you desire comes to you by faith what plans do you have for it What's your plan? Tell your friend, planning. Tell the other one, plan. Plan. Look at at them in the face. Tell them, "Plan." plan. Jesus said, count the cost. Now, this is a funny thing. Jesus gives an example and says, before you build, count the cost, lest you begin the project, and you come halfway, you don't finish, then you're becoming a laughing stock. Yes. And everyone who passes by is laughing. You get my point? Which tells me God is also concerned about the things we don't finish. You start this, you don't finish. You start another, you don't finish. You start the other one, you don't finish. You start and then God looks at you and says, you know what? You are misusing my resources, so I'm going to take it from you and give it to someone who has a plan. Now, I have never seen, uh, it's like building, all right? So someone is building and then when the building is halfway, they become restless and they want to start another building. I've never seen, uh, honestly, whether it's a Christian or a non-believer, I've never seen someone who begins a building, an anajenga, then stops that building halfway, okay? And then goes and starts another building project, then stops it ha- halfway, goes and starts another, and it's halfway, alright? Now, in truth, that doesn't make sense. Because it shows kunakashida building. Look at your life. Take the tasks you have started and not finished and started and not finished as buildings. And tell me how many people will laugh at you when they pass by and they see you started this. You did not finish. You started this. Oh, I started reading a book. Ah, Ah, uh, you know, nimeanza, nime de- decide. Now I am building a culture of reading. Hey! moja. And then, so you take a book and say, mm, I'm gonna begin this book. Hallelujah! chapter one. Ado malizi chapter one. Three pages. Unasoma kufikiria. Lakini kwa nini maisha yangu hivi. Kwanini nikama ni stagnant? That word, stagnant, is a very Christian word. It's very adopted. Stagnation. We pray again as a spirit of There is no spirit of stagnation. You are the one who has, you are the one. When you're the cause of, of the stagnation. So, so you read a book, Una, Una so you never finish. Now this talks about thinking through things before doing them. Think through. See the end uh, from the beginning. Think through things. Tell your friend, "Think think through things. Before you do them, think. Jesus is advocating for what I call strategic thinking. Okay? Count the cost. Now, strategic thinking will win battles for you before you even step into the battlefield. When you think through Plan, plan, plan. God takes from those who never plan. So today on this day, the prophetic word that is coming to you, do not start anything else before you finish what you have not finished. Tell your friend, do not start anything else Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, let's, let's look at your friend, tell them the prophetic word for today is this, do not start something else before you finish what you started and you haven't finished. Last point execution. The principle of execution. Uh, doing things. Getting things done. And uh, let me make a statement as I finish. No one pays for intentions. okay (laughs) I intended to do I intended to do I was thinking I intended no one pays for that you keep intending but you will receive no reward the Lord will not even fight for you because of intentions but execution doing it taking action for it then there is a reward Now, the parable of the talent, this guy may have intended to invest, all right? This one guy, true or false. But but he never did it. So maybe when he buried that talent, Yake, maybe every day when he would wake up, that talent would call him. You know Kuna Na something. Your gifts are calling. Now let, let me explain that point. It, it is like when you have a prophetic gift or a gift of teaching or a gift of investing and business, and then you're not doing that so every day there is this thing that is telling you i need to do this i need to do so you're telling yourself right i need to start i need to call or or, when you need to call so and so i need to call so and so i need to it is intention that is intention but you never called so no one will pay you for intention no one pays you for intending to be a good person Stop saying what you will do, do it. Stop saying I will change. No, change. Stop saying I will pray. No, pray. Okay? Stop saying, oh, answer. Don't even say it. Intentions. In church, we have a lot of intentions. You know, people intending to oh, I intend to bless Pastor George, but then you don't bless me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Intentions. You know, we are intending. I'm intending to. I'm intending to, but then you don't do it. So, when I'm praying, I will not pray thinking you intended to. I'm just going to say a general prayer. And I said up, I think it was here last time, uh, in another someone I said, as a pastor, hallelujah, hallelujah, I will pray more for people who bless me is amazing too because it is very true just like you would respond quicker to someone who blesses you I am also human hallelujah you send me money hallelujah I will say a prayer over your life that you've never had The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be with you. The Lord, ah, hallelujah. The other one who was intending to send me money, but they did not send, I wouldn't even pray for them because I don't even know they were intending to. People go where their interests are. You are also friends with the people you are friends with because of your interests. And they are also friends with you because of their interests. (laughs) There are three kinds of people in the world. So before I tell you the three kinds of people, tell your friend, do. Stop saying, do. Do it. Invest it. Use your ability for it. God will bless what is in motion than what is stagnant. Okay? Please understand your point. God will bless you when you step out. But he will never bless you when you are still there waiting, waiting, waiting. The only time he stopped the Jordan River was when they stepped into the Jordan River. As long as they were intending to step in, the river kept flowing. Okay? Once they decided let's now step into the river it stopped flowing and they crossed There are three people one there are there are people who make things happen there are others who watch as things happen and there are others who wonder what happened Sasa wewe ukiangalia kwa maisha yako Are you making things happen? Are you watching as things are happening? Are you wondering what's happening? Why God takes from those who don't have and gives to those who have. That will be the sad reality in heaven. Some of you are waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Some of you are saying God has not opened a door He will not open a door Until you begin to move Okay The challenge that we have is We want to pray And then move We don't pray as we move And God Wants you All of us To pray as we move Okay Unless he tells you stop Keep walking Church, my brothers and my sisters, I have said things that may not sit well with some of you. But I say them with a lot of love. And I say them because I am tired of praying for the same things. There are some demons that cannot be cast out by prayer, but can be cast out by your action. You have to take up action, you have to start. Hello. Are we together? Knowledge is more powerful than prayer, and that's another statement that would make me nini. But when you pray without knowing, you will pray for the wrong thing. So gain knowledge. Combine it with prayer. And God himself who sees in heaven will begin to move through you. Because at the end of our lives, he will ask for accountability. He will not reward intentions. He will reward things we have done or not done. Amen? So let me pray for you. Let me say a prayer. May the Lord... Our God bless you in all things. May the Lord, who is a productive God, give us his image of productivity. The God of great work ethic, may he come and become our God. The God who moves heaven and earth for his glory, may he be upon us. The God who rewards, the God of management, the God of fruitfulness. The God who shows us the way to follow and how to become effective in our lives. May he become our God. May you experience that God today. And I also pray that we will not be cut off, but that we will become so productive that heaven will rejoice. That heaven will say, Welcome, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with little, I'm gonna give you more. I pray for everyone today, whether it's finances, whether it is business, whatever it is that you're doing, that you will begin to move in wisdom and move in the spirit of God, and that the spirit of God will give you to give you will begin to give you strategies on what to do in your businesses. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe. Amen. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you.